Hello, listeners, to the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Season 6, Episode number 29, titling this episode, Honor and Honesty, Andrew's Story. Metal prison bars block on my Oh yeah, that's the future leaders of the world. Uh, Bumper, promo, Uh, ASI Podcast Bumps on Spotify if you want to hear the music in its entirety. ASI has a sponsor called BetterHelp. ASI247.org, by the way, is the website for this here uh, podcast. And on the website, there is a link uh, right there to better help. It's a way you can find a counselor or therapist or mental health professional in your area without having to thumb through the phone book or some VCR like caveman grab a club and, you know, landline phone receiver, thumb through the yellow pages. Uh, the, <laughs> it's more of a modern way of finding uh, good mental health help out there. BetterHelp, ASI247.org or BetterHelp.com. And uh, also, uh, ASI is a listener-supported podcast, so most of the uh, money that it takes to keep this thing alive every month comes from listeners like yourself. And, uh, yeah, if you'd like to become a co-producer and help... uh, Keep this thing rolling. It's ASI247.org. Uh, if you'd like me to use your name, first name, or a nickname or something, um, when you donate, I, I would love to do that to uh, celebrate you as a listener helping partner with me and this uh, this adventure as it continues on. Uh, if it continues on, how, how long, we don't know. I have no uh, co-producers recently to uh, celebrate. So, uh, on we go. This is one of those really important shows. Andrew is a brave, awesome person. So grateful he was willing to stop by and tell his story. Um, you know, when you, when you decide to heal... And that takes, man, it takes a choice. It really does. It takes stepping out. It takes embarking on an adventure when you choose to heal. Um, And not just that, but even go into what are scars and what are wounds. When you start asking questions like that, um, and I know some of you listening aren't going to be ready for that. But I pray when the pain gets great enough that change is the only other option, there's going to be resistance, all right? And and that's what today's show is about. I found some peace tonight. I guess wounds that that I found that I had, um, which led me to, you know, tell my counselor uh, what had happened with my brother. Um, what happened was he sexually molested me when I was eight, and and at that time I had so much shame about it because I I took it on. Well, basically, my brother, who's he's six years older than me, and he was he was working at a at a children's camp in Canada, right. and uh, you know, my counselor goes, you know, Andrew, I might need to report this. I, I think I I have to check, but um, you know, I'm a mandatory reporter, and this may qualify. Like, 
I kind of knew that like this is, was kind of a possibility, but I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to deal with that. I kind of was just wanting to make excuses like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure, you know, those kinds of uh, things that I was telling myself. And But I ended up, I, I was like, okay, I do need to pray about this and um, think about, you know, being a part of uh, reporting uh, my brother. You know, God kind of gave me this picture that you are you are stepping into the light, mm-hmm. and you are you're asking your brother to step into the light too, whether he knows it or not. Like this is the situation. If yeah. you if you don't if if nothing if you don't report this, this is nothing will change. You know, there's no hope for change. Right. Um, or you know or to make sure that kids kids are safe adults are safe like that there won't be an opportunity for that if and so basically i decided um to be a part of reporting it and um and it required my basically me being the sole witness and uh basically pressing charges in order for anything in order for them to even investigate anything i had to do things like I had to do a phone call with my brother where the police were listening in without him knowing right. that they're own and I had to, you know, choose to do that. And that was very painful um, because I love my brother. And Welcome to the uh, ASI podcast. Thank you. Coming to us from uh, Colorado, right? Yes, sir. Yep. Denver area. Denver area, across the uh, FaceTime. Conversation with my friend Andrew. Uh, So, getting into it, I I was really interested in something that Jay Stringer said in his book, Unwanted. Uh, he talked about this concept of honor and honesty and how in, in, in popular Christian culture, those two things seem to be at odds with one another. Um, and yeah. you see it in spades in, in you know, the, the epidemic of unwanted sexual behavior. Th- this is some of, of your story, right, Andrew? You, uh, how old are you and, and what, what age did you start uh, seeking recovery? Yeah, so I'm 27 now. Um, I think it was I was 24 when I, I first went to counseling to to deal with you know pornography addiction and and uh, just unable to put up boundaries with my family and those things were you know attacking my marriage and um, that's what basically led me to counseling and started getting into this stuff. The healing process. So, was it first your church? Because you, uh, at the time, you lived up here in the Pacific Northwest, right? That's where your family's from, pretty much. Yep, grew up in Washington. My family's still there. Um, yeah, grew up there and and moved out here to uh, basically kind of continue uh, being able to grow after after dealing with a lot of uh, the stuff that I had to deal with during the recovery healing process. Uh, back us up into maybe the part where you entered into to recovery for for pornography, for example. Was this, uh, was it a strain in your marriage? Did your, your wife catch you with porn or something like that? Or how, right. did, how did that come about? Yeah, so I've been pretty much addicted since probably around 10 years old um, and off and on um, but I, I told my wife before we got married that I had you know that I had a problem and that was and I went and saw a pastor and you know tried to pray it away and did okay for a little while right but then 
basically just kind of kept falling back into it. So I told my wife after we got married, probably <clears throat> there were two, maybe three times where I kind of reconfessed to her that I, you know, had been looking at porn and, um, and it was, it was obviously, it was a strain in our marriage that coupled with some other things where my family had, had done hurtful things to my wife and I, and I did not stand up for us or for her and, and my inability to confront my family was also basically this, the second part of what I kind of knew my issues were. I was like, okay, I know my issues are porn and, and why can't I say no to my family? Basically, why am I stuck under, you know, their approval basically? So those are kind of like, I know these are problems and my wife actually went to counseling first and I went with her to support her and, you know, quickly realized, um, you know, I need help myself. And, um, and so I started going, um, for me as well. And, uh, just basically started from those two issues. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the beginning of, of something very difficult, but very beautiful. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, you, you get into like a, a group at church or accountability group and stuff. And, and I, I had a, a listener, I had a, a message from someone talking about doing an unwanted, uh, you know, everybody in his group, like getting Jay Stringer's book and doing an, uh, like a book study on, on, the, on the, the, the material in unwanted. And, and that's, you know, another reason why I thought of you, uh, because some of this, you know, you're, you're getting beyond just the, uh, you know, you know, the old Christian bounce your eyes or whatever that, that we think that we're going to enter into, right. into recovery, um, right. into some of the emotional roots of what's going on. Right. Like, and sometimes this takes years for people to, to get into some of that, like to start to see the roots, you know, uh, there's just yeah. a lot of, a lot of what purity groups and stuff who, you know, a lot of it, they tend to look at it like, like they see weeds in a field. We'll just mow the lawn and then get rid of the weeds. Well, you know, that doesn't go after the roots, does it? No, it's performance. That's more like performance behavior modification. You know, the surface, trying to deal with it at the surface, it's, it's not going to be successful yeah. long term. Yeah. And so you getting into the counseling um, for the family issues <clears throat> that led to some some real deep um, some deep roots in your story and that started making sense with some of the sexually compulsive behavior as well right correct so basically after a few sessions uh, I so at first when I was talking about it, I, I was so ashamed to you know tell my counselor uh what had happened with my brother um what happened was he sexually molested me when i was eight and and at that time i had so much shame about it because i i took it on um and so when that came up and we started unpacking that kind of started piecing together that really or woke up a, a sexual part of me early on and then as soon as I saw porn I just it was uh, you know directly like tied into wanting to go to that and um, basically getting hooked you know a short period of time after uh, being molested so yeah that was that's that was really the core um one of the core i guess wounds that that i found that i had um which led me to see like okay what what did that do um like to my core and it it really put these lies 
in me that I believed about myself, which was that I am worthless, that I am, you know, not a person. I'm not worth, you know, I have no value. I, I'm just, I'm just there to be used by other people and to make other people happy. Mm. And it was, it's also, it was also very confusing because, because it was my brother and I did, you know, look up to him and I loved him. You know, I, I trusted him. And when you have somebody that you trust that is supposed to love and protect you, those, you know, wires get crossed very easily. Yeah. Where now I believe that, you know, people are, it's okay for people to, to use me, you know, or for me to not have a voice uh, because, you know, that's, I'm not worth it. And that, that's deep. And I, I had no idea really that that's, that that was there without bringing, you know, without doing it, uh, it in with a counselor and uh, bringing it up and talking about it, which was very difficult. But um, yeah, that's kind of where it went. And I'm so sorry, dude. Like there's, and I, I mean, there's nothing that quite shatters a person from the inside out like childhood sexual assault. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Because you're, like you said, at an early age, your your relationship with trust gets gets really messed up. Your relationship with your own sexuality gets, you know, just broken early. Yeah. You know, I remember being in a group and, and they were talking about sex and it was a Christian group and everybody kind of went around and talk about your first kiss and your first, you know, uh, petting or whatever, you know, all these that normal people have. And I just, I just sat there and went, you know, I can't really do this because I didn't have that. I didn't have any yep. of that. My yep. introduction to what some would call intimacy was, was really fucked up and broken, you know? Absolutely. Um, and um, I'm so sorry for, for what happened to you, man. You know, I've seen my kid, my friends have kids that are nine, you know, and, and even now just looking at them going, okay, I was that age when that should happen to me. And it gives right. me the opportunity to have a little more empathy for myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. It, that's the same for me. Uh, it, one of the things that, helped me kind of see the reality of what happened was thinking about my daughter who's she's now six um you know what if something like this happened to her like that would be heartbreaking and i cannot imagine it and and the truth is that you and i are just as valuable as these children you know we're just as important and we we didn't deserve um how we were treated, how we were abused. Uh, yeah. 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 And we didn't, you know, at, at, at eight years old, you're basically thrown into a, a family situation. You know, you don't get to pick your parents. Right. And, and you grow up in that and that's kind of your normal, isn't it? Right. Right. You don't know the difference. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we get into the, the honor, um, the honor and honesty and as, as Christians, right, as, as believers, that's something that I found really interesting about the Bible. And even my time at Mars Hill Church with, with Mark Driscoll, as much as, as that was kind of damaging too, but some of the way that he taught a lot of these stories was kind of eye-opening to the point that the Bible's honest about David, for example, right? The Bible's mm -hmm. honest about all of these characters. Abraham, like, pimps out his wife, you know. Uh, the, the infidelity of David with Bathsheba. Um, even Jesus in the Garden of the Gethsemane going, sweating blood, right? Anxiety. And, and yeah. saying, hey, if this cup could pass. Right? There's just something really human about that. So, Scripture, yeah. scripture is not shying away from the honesty. I mean, there's a number of bunch of Bible verses I could, or stories that I could, I could say, but, uh, this is where your story, I, and I'm so, I'm so glad to have you on. I'm so honored to have you as a guest, uh, talking about this. Cause this, a couple of myths that we've already gone over that I want listeners to, 
to think about um, is is myth number one, and this was me for a long time. If I ignore it, put it in the past, just got to put it in the past, Andrew, it'll just go away. That makes it go away, right? Yes, uh, of course, and you have to just read your Bible more, Russ. Yeah, it's like, it's make-believe. It's, it's, it's trying to make yourself believe that by stuffing it down, which is another words for putting it in the past, right? Yep. Then, then I'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's not true. And 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 I think that God, you know, as as a believer, there's 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 spirit. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is trying to do a work in us. I think about that scene in uh, C.S. Lewis, the Don Treader where, I, I forget the boy's name, Edmund, all right? He turns into a dragon because basically he was misbehaving or whatever. Turns himself into a dragon and, and, and he's laying there asking, you know, Aslan to, to take this thing off of him. You know, he's like, he's like pawing at it and trying to get the scales off him and stuff. And Aslan's like, no, no, lay down. You know, take this time, lay down. And let me unzip this thing, you know? Let me take this thing off of you. And yeah. so often that myth of, you know, just ignore it, just put it in the past, you know. Um, Jay Stringer tells the story of a woman in his book who was suffering with just really risky sexual behavior and talking about her dad had molested her and she she just wouldn't say anything because imagine that would what, what that would do to the family Andrew imagine how that would disrupt Thanksgiving or Christmas um, yep. this is some of, of, of what you're you've gone through you're still in the throes of right correct yeah yeah I mean you know a couple things that come to mind are first of all like I grew up where it was like honoring honoring your parents or your family was basically like doing whatever necessary to just keep the status quo, like not make them disapprove of me. Mm -hmm. um, and that like, okay, if I can just stay good and look good and not make the family look bad, then then I'm good, then I'll be okay. And that was, that's toxic, you know, that's not, living in reality um so yeah that that's kind of the first thing that started to bring me to okay how do i deal with this with my family um you know we were we were living in my parents basement at the time saving money um at the time i started going to counseling and um you know i'm starting to bring this stuff up starting to face it and realizing that my family system was toxic um i grew up where it was about performance it was about you know looking good to other people and to you know the rest of the family and not sharing your weakness not yeah. being vulnerable not dealing with addiction not dealing with secrets and and if you know because those things are those things are bad and, and you are just bad if you if you're doing any of that um so that was very heavy to start to deal with to break that and and honestly just to start getting into reality to having a, a sense of self i had to like just start I had to start putting up boundaries for myself by saying, like, just no to my parents for whatever, you know, like, I think the first, one of the big things, the first things was like, I said no to, um, and we'd moved, now we'd moved out, um, we'd moved out at this time to a, a different house, but, um, it was like I said no to going to uh, Easter or like Easter lunch or something. And like that was hard. It was hard to like know that I was just disappointing my family, you know, and this, this is just like not attending an event, you know, like it's, it right. shouldn't be like a huge deal. Right. But, yeah. but 
those those ties that I had to their approval were so strong. Um, you know, there's all these metaphors that come up, like the the, the Lewis metaphor. There's also that movie uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, where the guy is on the boat, and and he, because he's in the boat for so long, he just becomes like part of the barnacles. You know, like all of a sudden there's this face that sticks out, and the guy's just, you know, that's that's such a beautiful, uh, fucked up, but but really good metaphor for, for having yeah. to detach yourself some, right? Finding yourself and realizing that you're an individual, that you're loved, that you're created, and you're also separate from that right. that thing you grew up in that was so toxic that that in some weird way was also trying to protect you maybe right like that's some right. of this that, some of this christian you know hyper christian fear based you know the dirty world is going to come get you right or or i don't know but yeah i'm i'm tracking with you dude um yeah yeah exactly and um so you know choose to to start putting up boundaries because I knew that I needed to um, basically it was kind of like they're my they're my kryptonite like my family was my kryptonite as far as like when I was around them I just became this young person that I, I, I no voice no you know opinion you know I talked about my my wife being a, a a huge you know empathy support and and my counselor and then i, I had also joined a uh, a group called pure desire and they it's it's not like a performance based uh accountability group like you kind of can see in a, in a lot of churches but it really it's actually a, a book a workbook that goes through and actually lays out uh, a process for dealing with your past and and really uh, formulating your story and under you know understanding connections seeing connections between your your past memories and things that happen to uh, behaviors now and um, you know attitudes about things and stuff like that so that was a, that was a very helpful um, workbook and, and group as well how long were you in that group uh, about a year. Wow. Yeah, and that's bas- it's basically dealing with whatever um, sexual addiction that you have. Um, but really, it bases on you know going back and processing your 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 childhood and and life, yeah. and accessing those painful memories and things that happened. Yeah. And desire is a, is a good one too. That's one of the taglines I have on the website for for ASI is what if desire isn't the problem but actually the solution. It's a bit of a paradigm shift. If you look at what right, right. If you look beyond, if you look at why you're going to something and you tap into you know underneath it all, why, why do you want to go look at this? You know, it's and then and then that eventually leads you to your wounds of wanting to be loved you know yeah. I, I think for most people yeah that was one of the myths too is uh, you know I, I must have liked it right that's something that a lot of us end up believing I know I did for a long time well I must have liked it because I didn't say anything that was also how my my uh, abuser kept us quiet by saying, well, you know, if you got an erection and you you came here and, you know, I didn't force you to do anything. I mean, that's kind of what he did. Some of that syncing up with, honestly, Christian culture that I was growing up in and this, and, and like, I don't know if he had some, some understanding of it because like that's some of the stuff he would say, like they, if they knew, like imagine if your parents knew that you like this you know you'd be so you're so dirty or how dirty you are you know he'd use words like that like he he was yeah. it was just so it was just diabolical the way that he was in it's he, sick yeah. it is yeah. sick and it is abusive and it is evil yeah and they, they i've heard i've heard the same 
you know some of the phrases that that he used i've i've heard those phrases from other people's abusers you know um and and it's it's sick and, and they try to just dump the shame on you and make it your fault and exactly. to control it to yeah. control you and, and it's it's difficult to to see that out to get outside of that and see the truth of how sick they are and how it's yeah. not your not fault your it's not your we're responsibility you were a kid you know that's the that's the having that empathy for that 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 kid when i was uh earlier in my life my wife would put up pictures of of me when i was a kid she found a bunch of old pictures and she put up a bunch of little kid pictures of me this is in my early 20s and uh and i took them down because i didn't like that kid i wasn't right. really sure why but i'm like just can we take those down like i don't like i don't like seeing pictures of myself as a kid and my wife is like right why like that's really weird like you don't want but it wasn't for me because I didn't you know that's just where I was at I didn't like that kid and now that's some of the therapy that I've been through and I didn't report that's part of my story too I mean I didn't I didn't say anything to anybody about my abuse until I was 38 years old Andrew I, yeah. I minimized it I I I trivialized it oh that was just kids screwing around and I had right. missing memories from it and then when I started getting into it some of those memories started coming back and, and and that was traumatic and some of the healing is you know it really is like breaking a bone to have the bone heal right you know but yeah at the other end you're 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 much better than you were with a with a malformed arm or whatever the metaphor is right yeah for sure and we can only like we can only do uh what we can make decisions based on what we know you know and we have to yeah. give grace to ourselves and, and i'm not saying you should have reported it's different you know it's not always possible or, or whatever it's not but i'm saying like we we ha yeah we have to give grace to where we were because what else you know look at what we've been through look at what you had been through what else were you supposed to do but try to protect yourself um, and th that was where you know we were operating from as we're trying to protect ourselves we're trying to cope yeah uh, without knowing what's really driving this stuff and what happened with this guy with me was he he just up and disappeared one day he, he was abusing his brother too so he had a little brother that was being abused by him. And I think somebody said something or something because he just, he was gone one day. His parents were still there and and the older brother was just gone. And it was so weird how us kids, us victims of this guy, just carried on like nothing had happened. It was right. really weird. But there was also this weird, because there was maybe four of us maybe five that he was abusing boys and we would see each other in the hallways and, and sometimes it just out of some weird sick impulse one of them would look at another one of us and go you fucking queer or you, you know you, you faggot or something like that just really yeah. dark shit would come up but after he after he left there was sort of this relief um, and and we all just, oh, well, okay, you know, the guy's gone. That's great. Uh, now what? You know, now what do you want to do? Let's let's ride bikes or play kickball or I mean, it was just so weird, Andrew. Um, yeah, um, and it's like it was like it just stayed. I mean, it was so under the surface, hidden to begin with, and then it just you know, what else are you? You who are you gonna? at that point who who are you gonna tell you know like who, yeah. it, it you it would had to st it was just continued on being hidden and and um when there's no like support or education and, and to deal with this stuff as kids like we, we weren't taught about this stuff you know like, yeah, no. or how to deal with it yeah no that's true and i think today with all these things happening in schools and churches the the social we're becoming more socially aware of it and hopefully you know kids today know 
are more, I think are more apt to report today than they would be, you know, 10, even 10, 20 years ago. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope, I mean, my, my wife and I have started early teaching our kids about, about their bodies, about, you yeah. know, the, all their body parts and read this book called God made me or made all of me. Um, and really it's about like your body autonomy your body is yours and um you know teaching them about tricky people and that those types of things so i hope that people are educating because like for my parents like everything was so shameful about sex about the body you know everything was hidden you just didn't talk about that so hopefully people are having these you know conversations and education um so that kids know that they that their body is their own and um, and the fact that there's children's books out there that help help do that i think that's really cool that yeah uh, yeah i should do some research on that maybe you have a link on the website to two ways that parents can help uh, educate kids about it. That was another thing about me and keeping it quiet for so long. Like, I knew this happened to me, and I, I didn't know the severity. I still don't, to be honest. I've done some EMDR sessions, which have loosened some things up, but I still have missing memories. And um, But part of how I handled it with my kids when they were growing up is I was like the overprotective parent where right. you know, my kids wanted a tree house, Andrew. You know, they wanted dad to build a tree house with them. And I didn't because the first thing that entered my mind was what what's going to happen in that tree house when there's no right. adult supervision. And, and I never voiced that, never brought it to the surface, but that was something that was going on in me. You know, it's really sad yeah. how I, I deprived my kids of of God knows what other relational stuff too because I was so afraid that they would get molested in a treehouse, right? Um, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Wow. Yeah. And so one of the big things that happened next was, you know, my counselor asked me, um, well, basically my brother, who's he's six years older than me, and he was, he was working at a, at a children's camp in Canada. Right. And... Uh, you know, my counselor goes, you know, Andrew, I might need to report this. I, I think I, I have to check, but, um, you know, I'm a mentor reporter and this may qualify. So she goes, um, you know, I want you to go, I want you to pray about this to see if you want to be a part of this process. So I was like, cause it, before that I was just, I was kind of in this, like, I kind of knew that like this is, was kind of a possibility, but I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to, you know, deal with that. I kind of was just wanting to make excuses like, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure, you know, those kinds of uh, things that I was telling myself. And But I ended up, I, I was like, okay, I do need to pray about this and um, think about, you know, being a part of reporting uh, my brother and so over the next two you know two two to four weeks um i prayed like every day in the car and and god like gave me this picture i guess this this situations that that kept coming up were okay um like your dad's gonna go and and basically make sure that your brother says that he's sorry and then like they will think that everything is good like as long as he says he's sorry and he acknowledges it then like that's it we're good to go like everything should go back to normal right you know nothing nothing would really change you know my brother wouldn't have to deal with it really like in counseling or or anything and um he would still be working at the camp and that was so the it's almost that like was, it's almost like the the spirit was like in you going, okay, prepare for this, right? Like prepare yeah. for this. That's, prepare, but also like um, like this is the situation. If yeah. you if you don't if if nothing if you don't report this, this is nothing will change. You know, there's no hope for 
change right. um, or you know or to make sure that kids kids are safe adults are safe like that there won't be an opportunity for that if and so basically i decided um to be a part of reporting it and um and it required my basically me being the sole witness and uh, basically pressing charges in order for anything in order for them to even investigate anything i had to you know choose to do that and that was very painful um because i love my brother and but the fact is that he was not safe and he may be dangerous and, right you know what what's and, that and he may be dangerous right like yeah that's exactly maybe dangerous and the fact is that he he molested me and now he's working with kids and and the statute uh, of limitations hadn't run out like you're still in that window to press charges and and that was what the law um was asking you to do also was this a christian counselor that uh just it was curiosity yeah that. yeah it was and she <laughs> i would say she's one of the healthiest types of christian counselors that you can get right. uh, <laughs> thank, god. thank god for those yes right right um so you know that was a very difficult process but it also um you know, along every step of the way, and, and I don't know how much we want to get into the steps of that, but God put something in my heart, and he, he kind of used this process to uh, essentially tell me, Andrew, you're worth this. You are worth your brother being held accountable, you know, by the law for what he did. You you are valuable enough, even if, even if he's not doing the same thing to other children right now or adults yeah it's you are enough andrew and so that through that process you know even though the end result was he he went to jail for like two weeks and um it was they they went way down on the charges to like an assault charge um but the i mean the good thing is he's not he he's not at the camp anymore and yeah. um and regardless he hasn't he hasn't truly faced it. i think he he said that he was sorry and everything but i i know that it's it's deep and i don't he's he doesn't want to face it he doesn't want to own it and get help for it but um like so, there's a difference between apologizing for something and making amends right yeah, and I mean, I think making amends is almost a separate. It's a it's a totally separate thing, and and it may never be possible. But I think it's for that to even be a chance. Both people have to, like, you know, I think he would have to see the reality of of what he did and say, look, like I've I've gotten help for for what it for what I did, I, I know exactly why I did it, and I've dealt with those issues, you know, and I understand if you would never want to see me again, and you know, those types of things, because it's very painful, and, and I don't, you know, I, I don't know what the future is holding, but right, um, right now, I, I, I cannot be around my family and him, because my family, essentially, they sided completely with with him they they were upset with me for reporting it they um you know they did they <laughs> they think that i'm just purely angry and vindictive and um and, and i'm with you know the truth is uh, i actually i i believe that i love my brother and my family in the right ways which yeah. is not which is not just saying that everything's okay. It's yeah. it's actually because that's not honoring them, is it? This is getting into honor and honesty. It's not honoring your family to just pretend like everything's okay when it's obviously not. And that's so, exact. That's so beautiful what you said about, you know, odds are you know, if you're a betting man or whatever. And, and, and the the fact that people want to roll the dice with this too is another one. Um, 
but but even if he didn't or wasn't going to molest kids at the camp, he still shouldn't be around children. A, that's a big freaking one. Um, and, and B, you having the the courage and self value for yourself to understand that you're valuable enough, that you are 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 one who deserves honor and and peace through this process of because we also worship a just god you know right like th there's exactly. such a popular christianity's definition of forgiveness is just it's a mile wide and an inch deep in most cases um, exactly that's a huge issue is that people think that you know like justice shouldn't apply to Christians because, oh, Jesus died for all of our sins, so yeah. why, you know, like, oh, people, they're fine, like, they made a mistake, they're fine. Actually, like, God really values justice just as much as forgiveness. That's why Jesus died on the cross, and he's called us to value justice in this world, um, and guess what? God is so amazing that he can he can hold both in his hands and say, I, we can pursue justice while also forgiving. But um, I love what uh, Rachel Den Hollander said in a recent conference called Valued. She goes, um, like, forgiveness is, uh, is between me and God. Um, and, and justice should actually, it actually happens outside of, the victim or it should um it's not dependent on the victim you know that's justice should be between the perpetrator and the law or the perpetrator and god essentially yeah. um and so those things we we mix those things up and, and christians say well like you know they're christian like they're fine <laughs> you don't need to call the police yeah. you don't need i think to some of this and correct me if i'm wrong andrew but this is one of the things i'm thinking out loud here and, and talking with you is is interesting too but i think that there's a lot of there's this shallow what i call acquittal jesus right like there's people that will look at the story of the cross and go you know they solve that cognitive dissonance by by that god just gave just threw out some acquittal to sinners right like we shouldn't seek justice for one another because because acquittal Jesus gave us an acquittal, so we should just acquit everyone else who who who's harming other people. Like what? Why? I mean, I I don't think that people really reason that out in their head. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Acquittal Jesus. That's some of the 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 toxicity that can be in religion today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, people think that because Jesus died that, like, that we shouldn't stand up against. Because people think, oh, Jesus already already died for that. Yeah. But actually, like, saying that, no, I, I died to show you, like, how valuable you are oh, and how yeah. much fight for, you know, for the safety and, and well-being of humans because you are also valuable so stand up and hold people accountable yeah. for hurting people yeah yeah exactly so that's that's another myth that i wanted to get into and and uh and you and i have both seen this i mean there's and i don't want to put it in good and bad it's more like um some people that are more conscious of of wounds and trauma in in religious organizations um, one of the biggest myths that I've told listeners uh, in the past and in direct messages is that my church or my religious organization is always a trustworthy place to bring uh, my trauma story. And that's not necessarily true. Like, you've got to be discerning. And today, it's, it's tough to discern the 21st century Pharisees from, from actual believers, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I, I feel like, um, you know, from what I've seen, it's like oftentimes, again, like church church leadership can can, you know, they'll be they'll say like they're sorry that something happened, mm -hmm. but but they'll they'll have that underlying expectation of, okay, like have you forgiven this person? Like, 
can we move forward now instead of instead of validating and say look like this was this was awful this was serious and we're going to set up boundaries you know for for you and we will support you um in in dealing with this the right way thoroughly and not just slapping the the forgiveness um label on it and moving on and i think it's it's tough to see that um, because it words from christians can sound so great but if you don't you don't understand right like there's more that's your authority andrew right there's that too absolutely because we associate these spiritual leaders with like okay this is like god you know this is like they can be very dominating and very guilt tripping because they're they're they can be trying to use god to justify their actions you know whatever it is not doing anything about it uh is seems to be the the norm the popular um, yeah and that's myth number four or three i can't remember keeping <laughs> track but myth number the, the the next myth is uh you can bury the truth and still heal buddy right like that's kind of the the message that's given by and a lot of these organizations i was listening to the whole thing with the village church and matt chandler and he did a, a thing on sunday and you know, and the way that they worded it was like, you know, the camp incident that happened in 2012, something like that. But 2012 yep. is there in bold letters, like this happened, you know, so many years ago, but we have to deal with it now. Um, and and I, I kind of get it from their perspective because I don't think that the village or some of these organizations are, or the Roman Catholic Church even, like I don't think that they're they, they're setting out to to protect pedophiles, but by it's almost like a subconscious kind of I need to we need to protect the organization right, and then they hire lawyers like there's this company called Ministry Safe, and I'm still trying to understand what they do because it seems like they're rushing in to protect the organization, um, and that's my opinion from my perspective, but. There's not a lot of, of understanding what the victims are going through. There was a meme I saw recently. It's like, uh, you know, there's, there's shepherds and then there's people that come in and play defense attorney for wolves. Yeah. And, you know, and that's where, that's where I get passionate because it's not just playing defense attorney for wolves. It's, it's feeding people the lie that you can heal without having to... Uh, do as Jesus says, and the, the the truth will set you free. Right, taking off the handcuffs of the lies, exposing the myth. Yeah, dude, that's where I go with it. I'm so uh, again, I'm just so thankful, and I'm so honored by your story, um, being here on the oh. show. Thank. I mean, it's great to be talking with you about it. It's um, I'm honored to be talking to you, and and a, a quick note on the village like some stuff that comes to mind is it it's like they're they're distancing themselves from something yucky you know from something evil they're distancing themselves from it yeah and 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 i think you're i think you're right they're they want their inclination there is to protect the the organization and the perception of the organization at all costs Mm -hmm. and and that that's comes from them putting value into how they look you know and and because they value how they look so much they don't deal with things you know they don't deal with things straightforward and and truly hold people accountable with transparency um unafraid of what people will think you know because that's again that's something that i dealt with is i thought well my family is going to think that I'm angry, that I'm just like, just want to, I want revenge on my brother and, and all this stuff. And, and my heart is that actually I want like healing for my brother. Um, it is incredibly painful, you know, what the, the, the hurt that he caused me, but my heart is and hope is, is for change and, but I know I knew that my my family wouldn't see that, 
and that's it's kind of the same thing with I feel like with the, these churches they they think that they have to show you know they distance themselves from this because if they show that they uh, want to hold people accountable or something they just don't feel like they have the the basis and oftentimes it's because they're ashamed of their own stuff if you don't deal with your own shame then you won't be able to stand up and call out evil for evil because you haven't dealt with your own evil you know stuff that's been done to you or that you've done so yeah some of what and it's it was like watching a guy try and try and stand there as an authoritative figure over over a lot of people you know for something he totally doesn't understand uh, maybe he understands at a certain level, but... And then he was talking about the police investigation. Well, the police told us to keep quiet. It's like, you know what? You're supposed to be the shepherd. You're supposed to be the healer. Like, the police are law enforcement. They're out to catch the bad guy. But you're there to freaking be there for people who are hurting. And, and there's not there's not many wounds, Andrew, as you and I know, that, that hurt as, as deeply and scar as as deeply as sexual brokenness as as sexual abuse does you know it's like saying well we haven't caught the shark yet so let's just stay quiet about it right like the whole jaw scenario let's just let the fish like yeah we don't want to scare the tourists you know by by right. the authorities it's fine <laughs> they're trying to it's catch problem. that shark oh it's like no if they've done it once like there's something wrong with that so yeah. let's deal with it so it's it's seeking uh empathic support right uh, people that and 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 talk to me some about that andrew and your story as you as you healed from this as you like putting this out in the light you know and and light is a really good disinfectant by the way um how did you heal in this process? What was that like? I mean, I mean, imagine it was like hurt really bad, but but where are you now in it? How is your peace in it now? Yeah, I mean, when you when you talk about empathy, you know, empathy supporting victims, I think you know my wife comes to mind because she's been an absolute, you know incredible support of empathy to me and 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 a voice of, of validating the truth which is that I am enough you know that I that I'm worth it and and um, you know so as far as like support around me I'd say my, my counselor I have another you know met a new counselor here in Colorado who's um, you know also understood and 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 valued standing up for the truth and accountability and so you know kind of like what i touched on before it is that that you know each step that i took with like reporting because it, there was a lot of different stages of it where i had to do things like i had to do a phone call with my brother where the police were listening in without him knowing right. that they're own and and I had to trust ahead of time that you know God kind of gave me this picture that you are you are stepping into the light mm -hmm. and you are you're asking your brother to step into the light too whether he knows it or not and, and the truth is going to be put up to the right hands and um, and that is you know the right thing to do and and um so even though like before kind of each of these things where i had to give a victim impact statement at the sentencing and before these things i'm incredibly nervous and even right afterwards it, it takes a toll because i don't feel immediately worth it you know like like i'm worth it but but in those times god put something in my heart and he sorry he healed these wounds these lies that i've had about myself he healed them more and changed those to the truth of who he 
he says that I am, which is that I am enough, that I am worth standing up for, that I am I am worth justice being pursued. Um, not because of what something that I've done, but just the fact that I am Andrew and he created me and, yeah. and he loves me. And um, so now working with that uh, truth, it it's a lot easier to to deal with things. Um, be, you know, I mean, I still I struggle with anxiety and um, you know some depression still, but but I I have this uh, belief at my core now that I I fall back on daily is that God. I am enough for you and you love me and you are with me no matter what happens and you will never leave me and um, operating from those you know truths that that are that are deep now they're they're deep like people people can say what whatever they want about me but I have these truths in me that that people can't touch like you can't you can't I mean, I, I'll, I'll probably I would have to process things, but but like God says that I'm loved and that I'm enough, and and like that's that's huge. Like it frees me to not live for other people's approval, um, but instead try to live in the light and try to pursue truth and try to pursue standing up and validating other people who who've been hurt. Um, you know, those types of things. So, and that's, yeah. that's, I, I, I track with you on that too. Like me too. Right. Like I, I, the value that I have for myself now is something that, that they can't take away, you know? Right. And sometimes I have to think about it and even meditate on it. Yep. You know, getting into my body, praying without words and just letting the grace of God kind of soak into me and 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 there's just that that kid in me protecting him too and and realizing they can't take that from me no one out there can take that from me and right and it's 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 so powerful and, and thank you for that you know that's a reminder of some of that and and that's also another thing that I really value about your story and, and yourself as an individual is this is what faith looks like you know this is what real carrying a cross this is the actions of it man we can talk about it and do bible studies on it and go to conferences about it but this you you've done this like this you know like you feeling this energy and and justice honor and honesty um Again, dude, I'm so I'm so honored to to be your friend and to know you because it just seems it seems so rare. You, you give me so much hope as a Christian guy too. That that um, you know that, that this isn't BS. That when Jesus says, "I will," there's water, there's living water that you drink from it and you won't be thirsty again. You know that's not religious bullshit. You know, and and you're one of those guys that gives me hope in that, dude. Yeah, I. I'm honored to know you, and I I'm excited about the journey. It's just a journey to me. It's like I'm on this road that mm-hmm. is hope. It's hope filled now, and and the I always think about this. Like before I went to counseling and started opening this stuff up about my family and my brother, I always knew, you know, mentally God loves me. Right, like you hear it all the time. God loves you. God loves you. Mm-hmm. But like, it wasn't in my soul. You know, it wasn't in my heart until until you, I unpacked this stuff openly and with a safe, you know, healthy counselor, and not with people who who shame and who judge and and those types of Minimize things. Minimize and but, yeah. yeah, but who people who are willing to walk with you and and validate call evil evil and call good good you know and so that was i just wanted to mention that like it's 
it goes deep uh, when you when you start processing the truth of your story yeah wow. Andrew thanks man thanks for being on the podcast again I'm, I'm so thankful for you hey Russ thanks for asking me to talk with you and I'm very thankful for you as a friend and, and, and what you're doing here talking about this stuff, what you do monthly it's, it's incredible and it's much appreciated thank you brother There goes Andrew and the gracious cat that Andrew is. He said that if anybody wanted to contact him, um, you can go through me, ASI247.org. Sometimes, you know, when you're wrestling with something like this, talking to someone who's been through it can be a huge help and uh god bless him um andrew not only coming on the show being brave enough to do that uh and going public with his story but also um going a step further i threw it out there and and he agreed quickly not reluctantly at all he said he would be open to some email correspondence. Uh, he's willing to do that. So I wanted to throw that out there and uh, thank you all for listening. Um, until next time, I really do love you guys sincerely. This is Shows like this are tough, but I had a listener remind me fairly recently, Russ, don't grow weary uh, of doing good work, you know? And when Andrew's story publicly um, putting that out in the world presented itself, uh, I was very grateful for this this platform. Um, trying to hold on to that today as things are very tight. Fourth of July coming up. Freedom isn't free. And I'm not just talking about money. What Andrew paid is a whole nother economy. All right. Till next time, bye. AS, hi, Attitude, attitudes of sexual integrity, integrity, integrity. The ASI podcast is a listener supported production. Your greatly appreciated financial assistance in keeping the ASI podcast up and running is the reason it has been in existence this long. But Russ needs more accomplices in delivering this underground message to the masses. You can give one time or be a monthly accomplice to this here pirate radio program. Go to ASI247.org to learn more. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe.